Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Do it big. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show once again uh, as we continue through our positional reviews for the Indianapolis Colts going into the offseason headed towards the 2019 season. Going to be very exciting. We've talked about this multiple times uh, through different position groups. This is kind of a pivotal offseason here for the Colts. I mean, they've got the money, they've got the baseline talent, they've got a few pieces that look like they could really start to kind of blossom into, you know, really, really quality starters, uh, some impact players even. And, and it just looks like the Colts are in a really, really good situation uh, right now going forward. So uh, we're going to continue on with this. And today we're hitting the corners. Uh, this is a position that the Colts really need to kind of blossom this following year. The Colts were solid at times on the, in the secondary. Other times they looked kind of inept almost to a point. But the Colts have some good pieces. They've got a really quality, like, young youth uh, group, I guess you could say. Uh, Kenny Moore looks to be, you know, one of those kind of diamonds in the rough. They ended up getting – out of the Patriots uh, practice squad as he was released. Uh, Quincy Wilson, you know, kind of up in the air with him a little bit, but they see that these, he's got the talent. He's going to be getting the full work over, in my opinion, uh, this offseason. And we should probably see the best of Quincy Wilson, or we could be seeing the last of Quincy Wilson, in my opinion. Nate Harrison's another one, a guy who started two years ago, didn't get near as much starting time this year, was on, was pretty much replaced by Kenny Moore uh, completely, and that's basically where kind of the Colts sit at now. Now, they do have a couple of free agents heading into the offseason, Pierre Desir and Chris Milton. So let's discuss Milton first. Milton, you know, a heavy, basic uh, uh, special teams contributor, <clears throat> was able to play in, op- in certain opportunities, wasn't a real – wasn't a, a real, uh, con- a real solid contributor, I guess you could say, in, in terms of defensive uh, playing time and snaps and so on and so forth. Did get, you know, played most of the season this year. Twenty six years old. He's a restricted free agent. The Colts may keep him, uh, depending, you know, just I think that he, and I would say probably in light of the fact that he is such a, a quality uh, st- uh, special teamer, a decent gunner 
pretty good. I mean, can definitely make it into camp with them. Will he make the team? I don't know, but I think that the Colts may try to kind of re-sign him to another kind of a, a short deal. He He's not a guy that the Colts are going to stress over, okay? Uh, quality special, special teamers, you know, while they should be kind of held close to the vest, I think you look more in the line of really good special teamers if you're going to really like kind of try to make a make waves with trying to find uh, re-sign a guy. I just don't see that Milton is to quite to that degree. I think that he's he's decent enough that if the Colts wanted to re-sign him and he wanted to stay, that might happen. But the Colts certainly are not going to be, you know, a you know like well we're not paying we're not overpaying this guy for special teams contributions. And, uh, you know, and though he's familiar, I suppose you could say, with the team and the organization over the past couple of years, like I said, he's just not a guy that the Colts are going to stress over. I think that the Colts see that they've got opportunities elsewhere possibly to not only make some depth with this cornerback group, but really improve the position overall quite a bit. And I think they're going to be able to find a couple ways to do it. So I wouldn't worry too much about Chris Milton. I don't know that he'll be signed or not, but... The Colts are going to get first crack at him, and if he doesn't want you know, what the Colts are offering him, they're going to let him walk. They're not worried about him. Uh, next guy, Pierre Desir. This is kind of a, a similar situation, I mean, and almost to what the Colts had last year with Rashawn Melvin. Uh, 28 years old. Melvin was a little bit older, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Uh, you know, Pierre played all 16 games, 80 tackles, a couple forced fumbles, and a pick. Not going not 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 a heavy payday not going to recall or not going to receive a heavy payday either unrestricted guy i tell you what Desir, when it was all said and done last year really kind of came to play when it mattered most he came in he's played in two different uh complete two completely different systems where he was asked almost exclusively to play man in 2017 comes in learns a new scheme uh gets on the back end I think that kind of fit him a little better though it did take him a little getting used to I think because he had been kind of expected throughout his career so far as being that man corner and he came in last year was playing in primary uh, zone the Tampa 2 scheme it just seemed like he was able to towards the end of the year really use kind of his natural instincts and such to to make some plays and was still pretty good at at, at man when it when he was recall or called on to do it. So I think that the Colts will re-sign him. I really truly do. I think that they'll want to bring him back because I think that they liked what he brought. You know, a guy who who stands in at over six foot, uh you know, just at two hundred pounds. Like I said, he is twenty eight, but he's only had five years in the league, six years in the league. So He's going to get, I think, he's going to get the Colts' uh, truest uh, offer, in my opinion. And I think the Colts may try to re-sign him, you know, fairly quickly. I don't think he's a priority to them. But I do think that he's going to be able to get, you know, the Colts' attention in terms of finding a deal. Like, look, we're going to sign you because, I mean, look, they, 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 as much as they love Quincy Wilson and love his talent and his, his upside, they realize that Kenny Moore is the guy who really, you know, kind of showed the Colts what he can do last year. Outside of that, Nate Hairston, he didn't impress anybody. What else do they have? They don't have a whole lot. 
not on not in house right now and that's kind of the thing that that really kind of in my opinion makes this team kind of uh, questionable right now in terms of what they have on the roster now they do have Jalen Collins there uh, for in a reserve future contract. He was a very interesting guy. Uh, DJ Killings is a guy that I know that a lot of people kind of think is kind of flying under the radar. Uh, he's also in there for the Colts. And, you know, the, the Colts really just just don't have much else. That That's it. So they've got some potential. They've got guys who are youth or have the youth and have the, atten- uh, the, the ability to to really get some, ta- really produce some talent. I mean, I, I don't know really how else to say that. They have what they want in terms of young guys in depth, I think, on there. But the Colts, in my opinion, really need another quality starter. And I don't mean just a quality starter, but I mean a good starter. A starter that Colts definitely need a shutdown guy. Now, not everybody can just go get a shutdown guy. You know, that's not something you just say, yes, give me a shutdown guy, and it happens. That's not how it works. But you've got Kenny Moore. You like what he did, even against bigger receivers last year uh, in man coverage when he, had to cr- when he had to travel across the field on some crossing routes. He was quality in zones. He was able to blitz off the edge uh, the lo- a lot like they had uh, Nate Hairston do a couple years ago. So you see that he's a well-rounded guy. You, I, in my opinion, they re-signed Pierre Desir just to kind of give him that one or two year contract and allow some of this depth to kind of evolve. Find out what you're going to get with Quincy Wilson. You know, you like his height. Nate Hairston is still a, a, a solid contributor. He's not great. I don't think that they see him long term uh, right now for the Colts. But you do have the depth there. You've got a lot. You've got the base. The Colts don't want the base anymore, though. The Colts want somebody to shine, and the Colts are looking for that, and I think that the Colts are probably going to make as many moves as they can to not only ensure the depth that it is quality by probably re-signing Desir, but they're going to make some moves, in my opinion, in free agency. I think that they'll make at least one pick in the draft at corner, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was – in the first three rounds. I think the Colts are really looking for a guy that they feel can come in and really battle for starting reps. I just, I mean, the Colts can't afford to not have it on the back end. They know they need a pass rush. They know they need guys at the line of scrimmage who can bat down balls. And they know they need guys on the back end who can cover and challenge at the catch point. This is going to be something that the Colts are going to do as much as possible and try to really hammer this home this year because this is where you fine-tune everything. This is where you smooth it out. You find the potential, the true potential, for the next couple, three years and where you look for those guys who can actually become starters and actually become more than just contributors and become playmakers. So I think, I mean, with only two free agents, you know, for the Colts right now, I think that that's pretty much about all we need to say about that. You see what the Colts have on the roster right now. You see that Jalen Collins, you know you've heard of him. You know the potential he's got. And you look at the rest of the guys there, and you see that there's depth and some potential right now to have good games. But they need more. So we're going to get to it after the break. We're going to talk free agency, what the rest of the NFL has to offer. And uh, we'll do that right after the break. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a 
business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back. Here we are looking at the rest of the NFL and what they've got to offer. <clears throat> there are some guys out there. Now, look. This is such a sketchy time to be talking about all these free agents. But you, we're at least, at the bare minimum, going to talk about what's available out there. There are some young guys. There are some undraft, or I'm sorry, unrestricted guys that are young enough to be able to come in and make an impact. Okay, There's no two ways about this. You look at a guy, restricted-wise, Daryl Worley, 24 years old. He's going to probably stay in Oakland. I mean, I just don't see that that's not going to happen. Okay, He's basically being paid for nothing. Like I said, he's a restricted guy. The Raiders are going to love him. He's not probably going anywhere. Another guy on here, Ronald Darby. The Eagles definitely liked what he, he played or what he did last year. A lot of other teams liked what he did last year as well. He's only 25. He's a guy that most people, I think, probably think he's in his, uh, you know, in his back end of his 20s, 27, 28. But he's only 25, and he offers a lot. He offers a lot to a lot of teams. Um, my guess is that he probably wants to stay in, in Philly, but the Colts, you know, obviously they're they're in the position right now to offer a lot of green, and if they can offer, you know, Darby some real green, he may trade the Eagles green for the Colts green. And with uh, Chris Boward having a lot of money at his disposal, this could be interesting to watch. Uh, another guy, I mean, Trey Johnson. We're going to go through all these younger cats here that are up here. Uh, Jeremy Clark, Greg Maben, Dominique Hatfield. A lot of these young guys with lower tier stuff. And you look at a guy like Justin Coleman in, or in Seattle, um, even Marcus Johnson here. You know, exclusive rights guys, nobody. He's already there for the Colts. The Colts could bring him in. Not that big of a deal. Justin Coleman, 26 years old, uh, un- unrestricted guy. P.J. Williams for the Saints, 26. 
a lot of these guys, I mean, there's a lot of them getting paid almost nothing right now. EJ Gaines, he's only 27. He plays for the Browns at the moment. I mean, there are Bradley Roby, Eric Rowe, uh, Brashad Breeland. There's a ton of these guys that are unrestricted here that the Colts could bring in if they feel that they, you know, could even offer something solid. There's just, I mean, th there's plenty of them out there. Kayvon Webster, uh, Darquez Denard, all these guys 28 and under, Jason Verrett, Jimmy Ward. I mean, you look at Philip Gaines, who, yeah, he had a pretty good year last year, I think, uh, for no more than he played and no more than he, you know, actually earned. But there's a ton of guys out here that the Colts could use to not only improve the depth in this roster, but they could really, I mean, Ronald Darby, playing for the Colts could really and I mean really really boost the secondary back there that could give the Colts a legit number one corner and would give the Colts <clears throat> you know a lot of room to finagle between Quincy Wilson uh Kenny Moore Pierre Desir that right there adds massive depth in my opinion that is a beautiful beautiful addition if the Colts could swing that and somehow the Eagles weren't able to resign him but, I mean, even like, like I even said, some of these guys like Justin Coleman and P.J. Williams, those guys played almost 70% of the snaps there for their team. Uh, Steven Nelson, even, a guy out of Kansas City who's only 26, he played almost 100% of the snaps, 98.8% of the snaps last year at corner. That's insane. I mean, that is a guy working more than overtime. Uh, like I said, Bradley Roby, a guy for the uh, Broncos, is unrestricted. He played almost 86% of the snaps last year. Uh, Brian Poole for the Falcons, 76% of the snaps. A lot of these guys got a lot of playing time last year. Bryce Callahan was one of them that had a lot of snaps last year. Uh, Morris Claiborne, you know, obviously you, you don't like or love his injury history. But, I mean, if you compare those to what Pierre Sir did, Pierre Desir was 86% too. So think about what these guys did. Uh, B.W. Webb for the Giants, over 90% of the snaps. A bunch of these guys in the 60-70% range. Uh, Alford was just re-signed or signed uh, to by the Falcons. But Kareem Jackson, I mean, th there's a bunch. A bunch of these guys who got a lot of playing time. I think that the Colts are looking for those guys like who have some of the premier talent that they want. They've got that that upside that the Colts are really looking for to add to their, their secondary. But they also want a guy who hasn't been overused, <clears throat> wasn't overplayed, and didn't show as many weaknesses. The Colts' secondary right now is one that desperately needs that number one guy that the rest of the team and the rest of the secondary can stand on. You've got to be able to let the safeties the rest of the corners, the guys underneath playing linebacker, make plays. And how do you do that? You do that with coverage downfield beyond 20 yards, guys who can stay and can basically keep a quarterback from wanting to target those receivers downfield. Anytime a quarterback has to get to their third read, that third read is very seldom going to be deep or is going to be open. Once they get through, the Colts need to be able to cover deep when they can do that with one guy at least and have real good coverage slotted throughout the rest of the defense, that's going to make this Colts defense that much better. Now the Colts defense, the passing squad, you know, allowed 78 or 70.8% completion rate. That was second worst in the league. 
I mean, that is not what the Colts want to do going forward. They are not interested in giving up a ton of passing yards. Now, obviously, we've talked and talked that the Colts need, you know, they need to be able to rush the passer. But on the back end, they've got to be better. They were 17th in the league last year in uh, passing yards allowed, 3,800. Um, you know, that's not bad when you look considering that several of them were in the 4,400, 4,100 range. That's just not something that you want, you know, to be you. And the Colts can't afford for that to be them. The Colts really desperately need to be able to be those guys that aren't doing it. But look, one of the things that the Colts did do, when you look at that completion rate, yes, that, that's awful. You don't want that to stand. But the Colts didn't allow a ton of big plays last year. You know, I mean, not in comparison to the rest of the league. In fact, they were tied for third for only giving up 21 passing touchdowns last year. That's pretty impressive. So that shows you they weren't doing a lot over the top or weren't allowing a lot over the top. The Colts were, you know, kind of, uh, you know, just very, very average in terms of being able to close on a lot of what was in front of them in terms of making plays, but they didn't allow a lot. Okay, a lot allowed, not a lot of big plays. The Colts had only 15 interceptions last year, but it was good enough for ninth. Uh, it jumped quite a bit because the Bears and the Dolphins had quite a bit of interceptions last year. Now, uh, one of the things that the Colts have to be able to do, they've got to be able to get those what they were talking about, um, having those those guys who are naturally instinctive that are really impressive in terms of being able to make plays, get themselves, and have a knack for the football and being able to read and react. Um, the Colts only gave four gave up. I'm sorry, gave up four plays over 40 yards last year. That's second in the league. That's pretty impressive. That shows you that they kept a lot of what's in front of them. Obviously, when you have a team that gives up a lot of yards and a lot of points early in the year. You're thinking that there's a lot of big plays given up, but there really wasn't. In fact, they were only fifth in the league last year in with 41 plays over 20 passing or 20, uh, uh, excuse me, 41 passing plays for over 20 yards. That's pretty impressive. I mean, you, you love seeing that. You love seeing that because that shows you that the Colts are able to keep a lot of what's in front of them and, and actually make plays on the ball and be able to tackle. That doesn't. That shows they're not giving up. They weren't giving up a lot of yak a lot of the time. They were in the middle of the pack in the league in quarterback rate. So I mean, the 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 reception percentage or the completion rate that the Colts allowed might be a little misleading, but I think that that's based more off of scheme than it was talent. The Colts need to bring in the talent now. You bring in the talent now. You maintain that 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 scheme and you keep those big plays to a minimum and you don't allow a huge passer rating from the quarterback, and you don't allow him to go downfield and throw touchdowns, then you've got something going if you've got those guys who can break on the ball, make plays, break plays up, tackle behind the line of scrimmage, get those plays, you know, and create or create opportunities for the team. That's what they've found in Darius Leonard. They've found that in various other players. They've got to find a cornerback who can do that. You've got good coverage guys. You've got some guys who can make some plays downfield. You've got some guys who, who were good enough. We'll put it that way. This year, they need to find guys who are better than good enough. They need guys who can come in and be great. And if they can find a rookie to do that, 
that's awesome. But there are guys out there in the free agent room that are ready to come in, and I think they can make major impacts for the Colts. The Colts definitely, in my opinion, need to go both routes. Get yourself a couple guys off the street. Get yourself at least a guy uh, in the draft. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get one in the first three rounds. I think that they need to get one. Uh, A lot of that, of course, depends on the talent that is available and what it goes, uh, where it goes, because we know that Chris Ballard is a guy who sticks pretty firmly to his board. Uh, We're going to have to go through the cornerbacks and kind of see who fits that bill. You know, maybe there is a couple for the Colts that could come in and do that. Nice and long and lanky, have the ability to play man and, and be physical, but also be able to play tough in those zones. I'll be interested to talk to some guys and find out who fits that bill for the Colts. So we know what the Colts need. We know they need it in a couple different ways, but they still need it on the back end, and this cornerback group definitely needs a number one. So uh, going forward, that's, I think, what Chris Bauer is going to be looking to do this year. You do that, you make a big impact on your defense right away. So uh, we're going to finish up with the safeties uh, by the end of the week. This is going to be probably the end of this after the safeties in terms of what we're talking about in free agents until we get into news. Uh, But we are going to talk about the draft following that. We want to get in and talk to some people and hear what's available and uh, where the Colts could possibly find, you know, some, some help, you know, outside of free agency. These guys coming in. Who's going to be the guy that can make an impact? Who can the Colts get in uh, you know the early to mid rounds that can actually come in and be somewhat of a contributor? The Colts have had heavy contributions from their rookies in the past couple years. It'd be nice to get some uh, one more year of that. That would really help this bad boy uh, be built. So we're all looking forward to seeing that. So uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts Cast. Tempe Blue.